The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mesrowski. The Bills win the final game of the season in Miami. Here's the snap. Fires over on the right side and into the end zone for the touchdown is Dawson Knox. It's a five-yard touchdown reception by the tight end, and the Bills have the lead with 7-16 remaining. They topped the Dolphins 21-14, winning the AFC East for the fourth straight year, heading to the playoffs for the fifth year in a row. They'll play Pittsburgh in Orchard Park Sunday at 1 o'clock. Last night's game capped by a great second-half performance by the defense. Back to pass as the Bills fans get into it. Fires out to the left sideline, and it's intercepted by Taylor Rapp. Picked off at the 23-yard line. Rapp is shaken up on the play as he goes down, but he made the INT. No season, is, at least seasons that I've been through in the NFL, is clean, right? There's been two where we've been almost perfect. But even those seasons, you feel like sometimes after wins, you feel like you've lost just because it's so hard to win in this league. And I just think, you know, you've got to really enjoy the wins and then get back like we've got to do when we land. Oh, what a win. That's head coach Sean McDermott. Well, speaking of when they land... The team has touched down at the airport. WBEN's Max Ferry joining us live from Cheektowaga this morning. Max, what's it like? What's it like out there? So, uh, yeah, they touched down about 20 minutes ago. Uh, they all filed out and filed. Uh, they started rolling in um, cars uh, that just full trucks. They just all lined up next to each other. There's about 300, 400 people out here. They've been out here since 2:30. The scene has been electric. They've been chomping. Ch- Shouting MVP, all the classic "Let's Go Buffalo" chants, uh, and it, all of them just about left right now. But there were about 400 to 500 people out here at one point. It was absolutely um, electric, and everyone has been. And the Bills Mafia is in very good spirits right now. Uh, very interesting, <laughs> Max. All those people, you get hundreds of people. Are these people who are just waking up and headed over there, or have they been up all night long after the game? They have been up all night. They're no no sleeping with the Bills Mafia. Everyone's in high spirits. As you can hear, they're chanting right now. It hasn't stopped since about 2, uh, 2 a.m. since I got here. So it's been crazy. And uh, they're all psyched up for next Sunday at home? I'm sorry, what was that? Are they psyched up for Sunday, having a home game here? Oh, certainly. They, oh, I talk, The people I talk to are very confident that uh, we are going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially with T.J. Watt out. The crowd, it's very lively out here. They're sure. All right, Max Ferry at the airport. Bill's touching down early this morning, and we are uh, we're getting ready now for Sunday. It's going to be a one crazy o'clock. week. Sunday at one. If I ever have a third child, I'm going to name him Sunday at 1 o'clock because I love <laughs> it so much. Um, that's the Bills and Steelers which uh, I'm sure we'll talk about a lot more throughout the day today, uh, as well as this game from last night. Bill Steelers, Sunday, 1 o'clock, first round of the playoffs, coming up in just six days. All right, can't wait for that. Now let's turn our attention to weather this morning. Bob Hamilton, meteorologist, joining us from the National Weather Service. Bob, today looks like a fine, calm day, but things change around here tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be a windy day, not your typical uh, windstorm event. The winds tomorrow 
uh, are going to be out of the southeast, and that is a uh, really big deal because uh, I don't know if you've seen some of the trees around here that grow, you know, with the southwest wind um, in mind because they kind of, like the root structure and everything, they're used to the southwest winds. But tomorrow winds are going to be from the southeast, and uh, it, it could be very concerning if the winds mix to the surface like we're suggesting. All right. Uh, very windy. We're expecting all throughout tomorrow and all throughout western New York. There's not like little pockets that are getting it more than the other? Well, the Chautauqua Ridge, like if you drove down from like Hamburg down to Ripley along the thruway, in western New York, that's where you're going to get the strongest wind, 60, maybe even up to 70 through there. Uh, the lowest wind speeds probably in the southern tier valleys and up across Niagara and Orleans. What about the Buffalo metro area? What do you think the strongest gusts will be around here? Uh, potential to get 60 to 65 tomorrow. And again, it, it's not even the wind speed, it's the wind direction. Uh, Hurricane Opal went to the west of us uh, probably 15, 20 years ago now, and it had wind sustained 30, gusts maybe 40, 45, and we had tremendous damage from that. So you don't need necessarily... 50 to 60 mile an hour winds you just need a different wind direction and uh, most of the trees are not used to it Hmm. well that's uh very interesting to kind of note there Uh, the wind will be whipping around it looks like some rain though not necessarily snow do we change over at any point this week uh, we'll quickly change over tomorrow. It'll start off as light snow and go over to a rain though to mainly rain probably an inch or so uh, in the buffalo area before it's all said and done and that's not good because if you have a you know soil that's already wet and soggy, it doesn't help, especially with the shallow-rooted pines. All right, it's going to be a tough day for the trees. All right, you had said uh, to us, I think on Friday of last week, it's going to be an active week. Is there more weather that we have to watch out for this week after tomorrow? Well, the second of three uh, really big cutter storms will impact us next weekend. And right now it looks like it'll track to the west of us. So that'll mean another soaking rain followed by high winds. And with this, it looks like the coldest air mass of the season is going to follow that. So there is uh, pretty good potential for very significant lake snows uh, as we go through the weekend. Okay, we'll be watching that very carefully. Uh, Thank you. That's wild weather look ahead with Bob Hamilton over at the National Weather Service this morning. Well, a rally held over the weekend to ditch the planned billion-dollar project to tunnel a portion of the 33. Instead, fill in that portion of the expressway and restore the Humboldt Parkway. Betty Jean Grant is a former Erie County legislator. Well, we had a beautiful parkway with trees and soil that linked Martin Luther King Humboldt Park to Delaware Park. I'd like to see a full restoration of the uh, parkway with the complete removal of the 33 in an area that impacts the uh, east side community. The parkway they're talking about destroyed when the 33 was constructed in the 50s and 60s. Congressional leaders say they have a deal to avoid a partial government shutdown later this month. I'm Peter King. The plan includes $886 billion for defense, $704 billion for non-defense spending, $1.6 trillion in total. The agreement speeds up the roughly $20 billion in cuts already agreed to for the IRS. It also rescinds about $6 billion in COVID relief funds that had been approved but not yet spent. 
The agreement is separate from negotiations to secure additional funding for Israel and Ukraine, while also curtailing restrictions on asylum claims at the U.S. border. Peter King, CBS News. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Partly to mostly cloudy. Temperatures in the mid to upper 30s for your Monday. Much different story on Tuesday. We start with some snow and with rain and strong winds will develop on Tuesday. Winds tomorrow gusting 50 to 70 miles per hour. So power outages are a possibility. Wednesday still rather breezy with rain changing over to snow. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Bill's sideline reporter Sal Capone is on the WBEN Trocare College live line this morning. Sal, you were on the sidelines last night. You were on the team plane. You saw the fans at the airport this morning. How about this victory from some unsung heroes? Yeah, you're right about that. Got in late last night, early this morning, actually not too long ago, to be honest with you. And um, I don't even know. I mean, I, don't, I didn't sleep much myself. And then when she got to the airport and saw all those fans, uh, hard not to be... <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, hard not to be impressed with them coming out and supporting their team, as they always do. And you're right about the unsung heroes, the backups, guys who had to come in and play. Balen Spector coming in for Tyrell Dodson. Dane Jackson coming in for Rasul Douglas. Trent Sherfield coming in for Gabe Davis. Deontay Hardy making the uh, the big touchdown on the punt return. Now, this was a true team effort all along the way for the Bills to win their fourth straight AFC East title. I, Sal, just an incredible game um, and, and just the most Bills game possible. It's like the season in a nutshell. You get halfway through and it looks like, oh, my goodness, they're right there, but they can't finish. They can't do anything right, and, and they might lose the game because of it. Then you have a one momentous turnaround, and the defense paves the way for winning that game and, and going the rest of the way. I, I, I want to start with the defense. How about the way that they played with the injuries they faced against the most high-powered offense in the league, the the offense that no one stopped talking about from September onto here, didn't do anything in the second half, barely anything in the game. How did they get it done? Well, I think, you know, they had to be – look, I know people hate this term. It was complementary football, right? Complementary football is when one group is not necessarily playing up to their standard and the other group carries them. And in the first half, obviously – um, you know, the Bills, they were moving the ball, but they couldn't finish, like you said. But, you know, the defense made a couple key stops to keep it as a 14-7 game. And then the offense early in the first half, second half couldn't do anything. What happened? They The special teams stepped up. The special teams are the ones that kind of bailed out the offense to get points on the board. They had a lot of yards. They had no points. And then once that happened, you know, the offense started getting a rhythm. They had the big, long drive for a touchdown to Dawson Knox to eventually seal the game. But then the defense just went on lockdown. Uh, the second half of the Miami Dolphins offensively their drives ended punt 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 interception the Dolphins ran for 101 yards on offense in the first half they were they were beating the Bills on the ground the Bills held them to seven yards total on the ground in the second half it was a a true game of you know complimentary football and adjustments at halftime that got it done Deontay Hardy's punt return I mean was that maybe helping to make this the most complete game of the year for the team yeah, I, I mean, I think complete game as far as offense, defense, special teams. And, you know, the offense still only put up 14 points. But I think what that did was it just really energized the sideline. It energized the team. You know, I talked to guys after the game who said once that happened, they kind of knew, like, that's it. We're going to win this game. Let's go out. They need. I think they felt they needed one stop. The offense would get the ball back and score. And that's exactly what happened. And then after that, the defense had to come up with a couple stops themselves, obviously. And they did at the end of the game. 
And um, yeah, that was a it was a really really you know big moment. It was a, a signature play, of course, of 2023. When when we look back now, yeah, Hardy's punt return incredible. And then you have uh, Sal this Surefield touchdown that I I think uh, Chris Brown on the call uh, described it as like a center fielder, you know, making a catch, uh, an adjustment, finding the ball up in the sky, describing it, you know, kind of perfectly. But here are two guys who I don't know if I want to say disappointment, but They've certainly been quiet throughout the year, yeah. and they make the two big plays in the biggest game of the year so far. That's why it's important to, you know, be to have depth and know your role, work hard, wait for your opportunity. That's what those guys talk about all the time. You never know when your number's called, and when it is, you better be ready. You got to prepare like you're going to be the guy that week. You got to prepare like you're going to make the big play that week. And Trent Sherfield talked a lot about that to me in the locker room, and he said he has he's had personal disappointment this year with you know not playing as much as he'd like to and. You know, not having those opportunities, but you have to stay ready. You have to stay focused, and that's what happened. And I know that Deontay Hardy, you know, he hasn't been as involved in the offense, and people have been waiting for a big play. You know, I listen to fans a lot of times who say, "Why is this guy on the team? Bench him, cut him." Like this is, you know, this is why you wait to to. You, it, you never know, right? I mean, it, it's you can't have those knee jerk reactions. And sometimes, yes, you know, you have to make a change, but a lot of times it just comes down to opportunity. And making those plays when they happen, and that's what happened in those situations. Stefan Diggs came alive again. What is it with him? He plays so well against Miami. Well, Josh Allen plays really well against Miami, and that helps, right? I mean, you know, the being able to um, again go. What Josh had over 400 yards himself in this game, rushing and passing. But I think they made a conscious effort, Susan, to get the ball to Stefan Diggs. Look at the very beginning of the game. First couple plays, I think it was, they went to him like at least the first play and then right after that sometime soon. And then this first play of the second half, they go go to him. I mean, he would have had another 80-something yards. He would have had 160 yards if Josh could have connected. Three weeks in a row now, they've missed on a deep ball that would have been a really long touchdown. And if they connect just on two of those three, we're having a much different conversation about Stefan Diggs and his season and the way it's gone. But I think at least they were much more connected and in rhythm and in sync yesterday. Look at it this way. Stefan had eight balls thrown to him yesterday. He caught seven of them for over 80 yards. I mean, so obviously um, that was a, a missing piece of the offense that they got going yesterday. All right, Sal. So we fast forward to next week, 1 o'clock Sunday. You've got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming into town. And there could be a whole lot of snow. I mean, we're watching this forecast. Are you going to be watching more uh, Steelers tape or uh, more radar uh, between now and huh. next week? A little bit of both, I guess, you know, and I don't love that because it's always the weather's the ultimate equalizer, especially against a team like Pittsburgh that's going to want to play more of a low-scoring game and, you know, not they're not going to try to outscore you. I'd, I'd really like to have clean conditions for the Bills to be able to, you know, move the ball down the field, so you never know, but um should be an interesting one. Obviously, the Bills in the two-seed, it's a much different path now. They get the Steelers at home, and then either Kansas City or the winner of Cleveland-Houston, uh, depending if they win, of course, the Bills, Instead of Miami now has to go to Kansas City next week, and then if they win that game, they'd have to go to Baltimore, where the Bills would avoid the Ravens for a couple of weeks if they can take care of their own business. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And how great is it that it's a Sunday 1 o'clock game? Oh, yeah, I I like that. I will say, though, the, the Steelers do have an extra day to prepare. Remember, they played Saturday night. The Bills played late Sunday night, get in early Monday morning, so they're gonna have to get right back after it. So a little bit of an advantage for the Steelers, but for their sake, a disadvantage not having T.J. Watt most likely, um, maybe the Defensive Player of the Year in the NFL. We'll see what his status is. Didn't look good when he got injured, and for the Bills, they had some significant injuries last night that we'll monitor, guys. Um, 
Russell Douglas left with a knee injury. Gabe Davis left with a knee injury. Tyrell Dodson with a shoulder injury. And Ty Johnson with a concussion. So we're going to stay on that all week. Okay. Sal, thanks so much. Uh, Hopefully you're able to get some rest at some point. Uh, Sal Capaccio was on the call on the sideline last night for an insanely exciting game as the Bills beat the Dolphins, win the AFC East, and get ready for a home playoff game. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning. Produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.